0: Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter, and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, The Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Style Matters podcast brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. This show is all about connecting your personal aesthetic to the life you want to live, starting in your home. I'm Zandra. I'm your host. And most weeks, I interview the best people working in the interiors world today. Occasionally, I'll have an episode that I call On the Little Yellow Couch, where I talk with someone about a particular design dilemma, and new this year, every once in a while, there'll be an episode where I share a bit of what it's like behind the scenes in my business, running the podcast, and developing small group luxe retreats all about interior design for everyone. Now, if you want to dig deeper into your own personal aesthetic, you can start by developing a style manifesto, which is a free worksheet that you can also get at my website, LittleYellowCouch.com. And finally, I want to thank everyone who is downloading the Radio Public app on their phones to listen to this podcast. You guys are really helping me keep this show going. Radio Public is a project developed by PRX, Public Radio Exchange, and their mission is to support content creators like me by paying them a small amount every time our podcasts are downloaded using the Radio Public app instead of iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever else you usually get your shows. It doesn't cost you anything, but your downloads really do add up for me, and it makes a huge difference. So please take a moment to download the Radio Public app and support all of your favorite shows. Okay, On to today's episode. Sometimes we all could use a little help. Maybe all you need is a best friend coming over and telling you whether or not that shade of blue looks better than the other shade of blue. But sometimes we need a little bit more help. So today is for all of you who are thinking about hiring someone to help you furnish or just decorate your home. You might be considering a full on top to bottom, in-person interior designer who spends time in shops with you and in your home with you over the course of several months or maybe you're just looking for some e-design someone who works with you online to give you some ideas and sources and a floor plan that you then go and implement yourself at your own pace or you could hire someone like me or some of my guests who act simply as consultants to help give shape to your own vision and help bounce ideas around and make sure that everything is coming together cohesively. Whatever the case may be, I thought it might be helpful to know what to look for when hiring someone because let's face it, you're gonna be plunking down some cash before you get the service. So I wanna minimize the chances of disappointment, yes? Okay. My guest this week is going to help us with that. Her name is Abby Neighbor of A Neighbor Design, and she's giving us her tips on how to best work with someone else, especially if you don't share the same language around style. And let's face it, we all have different meanings for certain types of style words. So one person's cozy might might conjure up images of winter and a fireplace and cozy blankets And another person's idea of cozy might be hanging in a hammock, sipping a pina colada, and living in the tropics. So having a common language is really helpful and making sure that you connect with the other person and that they get what you're saying is obviously of utmost importance. But we don't just talk about those things. We also talk about Abby's home, which is outstanding, and her goal of seamless living between the outside and the inside, which is pretty much a must if you are living in Southern California, and also sounds really good to me right now because it is the dead cold of winter in New England, and I would love to be outside on Abby's patio, walking from the patio through her gorgeous wall of windows into her dining room and back again. So we'll get to all of that. Let's jump in. Hi, Abby, and welcome to Little Little Yellow Couch and the Style Matters podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Great. Um, I want to just dive right in and tell us if you could take us through your design process. You are an interior designer in San Diego. Your work is awesome, and I would like to kind of pick your brain about how you start what you start with and how you how you work through uh, l- just take a room, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, sure. And I would say that every client and you know every job is gonna be extremely different. In regards to starting with an empty space, I, if I'm doing a styling job, I focus on either the most expensive piece or the largest piece. So say it was okay. a living room, I would start with a sofa. Yeah, and what I've learned through, especially with e design, what I've learned is it makes more sense to have them sign off on one of those larger anchor items before I put up, before I design a whole space. Oh, okay. It's 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 a little bit more fragmented. Um, now, if that client's really opinionated, I think that's a really good way to work because I can lock them in on a bed or a sofa, and then go, okay, that that piece isn't moving. Now I'm going to design the space around that. Right. But there are also other clients that really, you know, they're just like, go for it. You know, uh-huh. I, I trust you. And in that circumstance, you can kind of just build from scratch. You know, right. I'm taking, it might be that I find a wallpaper and that is what I build the room around. Right. You know, it might be a pair of chairs that I just have had my eye on forever. And I'm like, this is the best. This, this is going to be good for this client. So I would say that there's no real straight straight answer to that um but i know you know looking personally when we were designing our dining space the wallpaper was the first thing out mm-hmm. of anything you know yeah. i saw that wallpaper i'm like you know what i'm gonna make that work and then i'll i'll you know do the working parts around that and it is kind of like a jigsaw puzzle in a sense
0: right well all i think it work <laughs> i think that it's it's what you're saying is to start with one piece and it, it is helpful if you can commit to something and not have everything be up in the air as you're trying to make a lot of decisions, at least make one decision first. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: true. And I think, you know, if we're talking more along the lines of, um, hard finishes or a remodel, um, starting the most expensive part of a kitchen is usually the cabinetry. Right. (laughs) So that, you know, just working on one previously, that is the first place we went. Let's try and get that look nailed down. What type of wood, what type of cabinet front, and mm-hmm. then from there, you're building the countertop. You're building, you know, the, the flooring. F- sometimes flooring comes first. But in this instance, I knew she wanted something really unique. I'm like, we need yeah. to really hone in on what that
0: is first. Right. And yeah. do, you think, do you think interior designers should be completely neutral and create whatever style their client wants? Or should the designer be infusing their own preferences into a space? Like, how does that work? How do you balance oh, that?
1: That's such a <laughs> tricky question because, um, you know, hopefully when you've received an inquiry, the potential client has reviewed your work in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully your aesthetic at least overlaps in style. Right. Um, I I at least hope that they've scoured Instagram or looked at publications to get a feel of my style and should be hiring me, you know, due to my aesthetic and, and similar tastes. Right. And having said that, I've branched out and designed outside of my, you know, quote-unquote, preference box many times, uh-huh. um, which helps me grow as a designer. Um, but I, I really don't think you can be completely complacent and afraid to speak up when something doesn't work, stylistically speaking. Yeah, uh, You have to kind of <laughs> gently guide <laughs> would be a good way to put it. I mean, you can't also sit in your corner and say, no, you know, you that will not work. It needs right. to be this way because they're hiring
0: you. Well, exactly. it's this weird position <laughs> that you're in where, first of all, they expect you to be an expert. So they right. want you to have opinions, but style yeah. is very subjective. And so yeah. there's that's taking consideration. And then there's this notion that you have the experience of knowing the feeling that they say they want. You will know whether or not then those furniture choices are getting toward that feeling or not.
1: Right. And they yes. may
0: not see it right away and so then you have to maybe
1: yeah I think think a lot of times people see it but they don't know how to explain it and that's that's where yeah. I feel like um we have all this imagery thrown at us constantly whether it's Pinterest or Instagram we ha- we are overloaded you know on a day-to-day basis which is a good and bad thing right so I think people can see what they want but it's very hard to explain that and I think that's why a designer is so important. I also, just from, you know, past experiences, a lot of clients have said, I know what I like if I look at one piece, but I'm so crippled by that decision of putting pieces together. And that's trusting your designer. And I think you have to develop the trust to be able, you know, on both accounts say, you know, I I really don't think that's a great idea. And this is why. Right. but a good reminder, too, is to think back to that initial consultation that hopefully you had with your client, and that should be an interview on both people's accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, Of course, I'm offering my, my taste and my opinion to the client when presenting ideas, but you have to work together and communicate ideas back and forth in a collaborative effort to make both parties happy, I think.
0: So what do you think people should be looking for when they're looking at an interior designer? I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're saying – start with a similar aesthetic, which makes total sense to me. But, but at the same time, you know, we expect interior designers to be able to do any style under the sun. They know Mm -hmm. them all. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what do you think a person should be looking for when they're That's
1: a good question? Um, Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. You know, I, I feel like I've had um, jobs before inquiries before, I guess is a better way when I will look at what they're wanting and yep. I know in my heart of hearts that like I, there's somebody that will fit better.
0: Okay. If
1: that's the case. Say somebody wants like a Cape Cod style. Yeah. At this point in my career, I feel like I I would be okay with sending them to somebody that specializes in that. Okay. Because that's yeah. not my aesthetic, and I feel like I feel like not only not that I couldn't do it, but how much more of a challenge in terms of communication is that going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, when you've You've got a lot more work ahead of you. And it's not not that I mean the design work. I think the communication would be a right. lot And I think that communication from what I've learned so far is such a huge component to a successful working relationship between a client. Um, right. you know, that that's my honest opinion. And a lot of people wouldn't they probably just take the job. You know, they go, I need the yeah. job or I need the job. But I think having a family, having a you know, a toddler at home and running my own business. I've had to look out for myself and take on jobs that are really going to fit my aesthetic. People are going to get it from the beginning. I'm not going to have to sell what I'm doing to the person. Right.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about your personal aesthetic and your own home because it's gorgeous. But before we get to that, I just want to ask one more question about this other stuff we're talking about, the client-designer relationship. Yes. How do you then... If you you are sort of known for a particular aesthetic and so someone's coming to you going, I love what you do, help me create that in my own home. At what point or what parts are you infusing their personal Mm -hmm. life stories into the design so that it doesn't just look like, say, your home?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I like to work around art a lot. I feel Uh like if they have a – I think art's really personal. I think it's really – a fun part of the job, but it can be a little daunting when someone doesn't have an attachment to art and they say, oh, you know, just do whatever. There are so many different ways yes. you can go with art and it can be overwhelming. So I really love to hone in on that. And if people have artwork to work around, that's great. It right. may not be my style. It may not be what I chose, but it's definitely something I can um, incorporate and right. utilize. So that that would be one thing. I mean, I love anything vintage. Anything any type of collection is fun. Yeah. I love when people have stuff like that, you know, unless it's like crazy off the wall oddball. Uh (laughs) Nobody's like, nobody's come to me with like a doll collection or (laughs) (laughs) like creepy old dolls. Um, I can make it work somehow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, But
1: yeah, great when people have art or, or vintage pieces, you know, maybe it's a family heirloom like a rug. Right. Uh, My mother-in-law has some beautiful um, tapestries. uh, Mm. They're from Jordan, and you know, I just I love stuff like that. It reminds me of like a little bit of attachment to something makes a home have a little bit more personality and story behind it.
0: Definitely, uh, as
1: opposed to just you know going out and buying all new things.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Now let's jump into your your own home. Um, Mm -hmm. It is great. It is beautiful. And let's start with the big, stunning statement piece, (laughs) this huge glass garage door that leads from your dining room onto the patio, which is that beautiful Southern California lifestyle (laughs) that we don't have up here in New England.
1: It's actually raining right now, so it's not open.
0: (laughs) Oh, But But I bet it's open a lot. Um, Yes,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) Was it hard to install? Was it expensive? Um, Was it just something that you absolutely had to have? Because, I mean, it's a pretty big commitment, I would think.
1: Definitely a big commitment. So a little backstory on that area. When we moved in in 2015, that was not part of our house. It was um, an outdoor patio with um, a pergola overhead. And that was where we would host our Thanksgiving and our Christmas dinners. Mm -hmm. Um, You would think, oh, you're in Southern California. It's warm year round. It it does get, and I say chilly loosely. So people can Me, But I mean, we had space heaters out there yeah. and it eventually was something we wanted to enclose so that we could have an indoor dining space. Okay. Um, and that feel for being outside though was something we wanted to bring indoors and not have it be your typical stuffy 1980s dining room that nobody can go into unless it's Christmas.
0: Right. Um,
1: <laughs> which I think I grew up with, you know, don't touch the china, don't touch the, yep. the table, but we wanted a space um so we also wanted to bring the in, like i said the outdoors in and not lose our partial view we have beautiful sunsets mm. and so we decided to have that pocket door installed and it was um uh, it hides into the wall it goes all the way back into the wall and it's basically a custom fit so it was expensive um probably the largest single purchase we made for the right. addition space. I'm not
0: surprised yeah sure.
1: But, man, does it make an impact. You know, in the summer, it's wide open. My little one can go in and out. The dog goes in and out. You know, you can have that breeze at night. You can eat with, you know, some partial protection. We have a slider that has a a screen door on it. Uh So it really, to me, was about not closing the space off. You know, getting extra square footage and a warmer space to eat if we needed it to be. And back to that wallpaper, we live really close to the the ocean. It kind of just, it makes it feel like the space could be seamless.
0: It is seamless, uh, seamless living, which I think is something that attracts people to that kind of a climate. And I love that you made such a commitment to really, uh, uh, such a financial commitment to Embracing that. Yeah. So you wrote a blog post recently. I think it was a blog post where you, you were talking about how you're playing musical rooms. Okay. <laughs> what comes to <laughs> of switching of, of things around in your rooms? or what are your goals?
1: One little change kind of freshens up my mind, my headspace sometimes. Okay. Um, but I think I crave change. And I'm always looking for, for little ways to freshen a space It excites me. A large part of that is is due to, to clients. I'm always working mm-hmm. on you know, projects where there's everything's new, everything's fresh and exciting. And I get energized by creating new spaces for others. But I also think social media plays a huge role in the switch up wanting to switch up. There are so many images flooding our brain on the daily, you know, whether that's new accounts or remodels or blogs or products, it's constant stimulation. And I love that, you know, so many pieces in my home can be interchanged. So in Mm -hmm. a sense, it's great because I'm not paying for something new or spending a lot of money, but I'm able to switch things up in my home and it kind of gives you that fix. Mm -hmm. You know, invest in in a nice rug, invest in a nice sofa, but know that you can use those from room to room and you're shopping your own house. Right. If I'm having kind of like a bad day or feeling in a rut, just doing something in the house that's like a new perspective excites me a little
0: bit. Thank you so much, Abby. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to everyone seeing photos of your all of your work, not just your own home, but your client work too, if they haven't already, which probably a lot of people have. Uh, yeah. But you can find all of that on the show notes page. And thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much. It was an honor. And it was fun to talk style and
0: um, job. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. A quick reminder, if you love this podcast and want to help me keep it going, you can download the Radio Public app, where they are paying a small amount to content creators like me every time you download our shows using the Radio Public app. This quick effort on your part really adds up. So thank you. And by the way, it does not cost you anything. Also, don't forget to sign up to the Little Yellow Couch newsletter to get your free worksheet on developing your style manifesto. It'll kickstart your next project for sure, and then you can tell me all about it. Have a great week.